I have only brothers and sisters, all in the name of cause. People are sheep. You understand me? They can't lead themselves. They need to be led. People buy and sell fear. They worship war. They crave war. But I'm not afraid of their wars. I created war. And I think it's time for the masses to wake up. Wake up. Wake up! Wake up and look at this line they're living in, man! The world is deteriorating between their toes, and they do nothing about it. They only stand there, they whisper and wonder, but they never do anything about it. But I've seen it all in my dreams and in my thoughts, and above everything else, I understand that this is not the beginning. <laughs> it's the end. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lights Out. This is a special edition of the Lights Out. Uh, this is a uh, James Klein, J. Allison. We're coming yep. on here. Um, we're basically we said we're going to be doing this on the Retro Blood, and we're going to be talking all about our thoughts and some history about one Wyndham Rotunda, aka Bray Wyatt, yeah. who uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, earlier this year and uh with the, with the heart attack we got that confirmed um but i just wanted to come on here because you know you know with our show we mostly go into the uh, the 80s of professor wrestling we talk a lot of horror movies but we do talk you know here and there we'll we'll bring in some uh, newer age wrestling stuff and yeah you know i just thought like you know this one kind of like stings a lot you know it's, it's it's always bad when you see somebody so young you know passing away especially if you have a family and yes. everything and mm-hmm. i just wanted to come on here and you know talk a little bit about his career you know talk about some memories that i that i have from watching uh, bray wyatt on uh, the television screen and some of the stuff that he has uh, inspired me uh to do as well so uh, b- before we get into like, w- when did you first see the uh, the Bray Wyatt? Did you watch any of his stuff in NXT? Well, the first time I ever actually saw Bray Wyatt was when he was Husky Harris. Yes, um, but I didn't really um, when he came back as Bray Wyatt. I didn't really like put the two together until I realized that oh, that's the same guy. Yeah, um, I did. I did originally see him as Husky Harris. Um, but I didn't see the Bray Wyatt stuff until much later. Um, I wasn't really watching NXT um, when he was there. 
Like, I believe that I, I think we've talked about this before because when NXP first came out, I thought it was just more of the um, reality show shit. They yeah. Were yeah. They used to do that little like game show, like yeah, reality like show. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't, so I didn't uh. think that it was like um, my favorite indie wrestlers in WWE doing something interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Trent Beretta was there at the time and um, uh, Tyler Black, who became Seth Rollins, was there at the time. And Bray was there at the time, too, when he, when he created the Wyatt family. And um, look, But I have looked back on it since then and seen, like, you know, the scenes of the Wyatt family in NXT where he's sitting in the rocket chair, like, yeah. just talking like a cult leader, which... Comparisons to was Waylon Mercy. Okay. He was, I don't know if you probably okay. don't you probably don't remember this character, but he was kinda like a um he was a star like kinda like in the early days of Raw, or like around like ninety four, okay. ninety five. And his character was very similar to the Bray Wyatt, where it was like a um it was kinda like this like weirdish cult like character. And it was actually played by uh Retro Blood's uh, Dan Spivey. Alright. Dan Spivey, yeah. that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Dan Spivey Wait on Mercy, his character, you know, was very, like, the betrayal of the character was way, you know, was very Bray Wyatt. Like, if you watch, like, Dan Spivey's, like, interviews with Wayland Mercy, it's very similar to how that original Bray Wyatt character was. Just, like, the, the mannerisms and stuff. Of course, Bray Wyatt did, like, way better. But the only reason right. that Wayland, he, he was actually getting pretty popular with that particular character. But it was, like, a back issue that kind of took him out. So, he couldn't really do that character too much anymore. But yeah, like you're saying, like so, you know, Husky Harris. I remember seeing him. He was in the the new Nexus with CM Punk being the leader. All right. Yeah. And he had to prove himself on the yeah yeah. And then uh, he was uh he was in that that new Nexus and stuff. And he was just basically just in like a tag team until they uh, they basically brought him down to to NXT. You know, because he wasn't really, you know, doing that much in the, uh, once the new Nexus stuff kind of like fell through and broke through, you know, he didn't have a big character. And I think he was on his way, like maybe out until he, he developed the Bray Wyatt character. And he was basically doing those, like, you know, it's kind of like a backwards, you know, backward, backwoods preacher, you know, the very cult-like gimmick where you have like yeah. this like back backwoods, like cult family, very creative, like vignettes and stuff. Like I was same like you. I didn't really watch the beginning NXT. Um, I don't remember. I, I I know they were on the network, but I think for a while it was like on some like random channel before it hit the network, I believe. And because I started watching it kind of like when the network was first coming out, you know, well first mm -hmm. came out, and I started watching NXT from there. But the very earlier days of NXT, when Triple H took it over from the game show and it made it down in Florida. I believe it was only like I believe it was only it was only it was only aired in Florida, kind of like how OVW was at the time. So, right. but that's when he developed that character from there, and then of course it kind of you know blew up because he had Eric Rowan and he had Luke Harper, another one that unfortunately passed away, Brody Lee, which is a crazy to think that two two thirds of that original Wyatt family is not with us anymore. It's just crazy um, to think about that. Um, but yeah, I remember so one of her left alive. Yes. And well, too, if you count Braun Strowman later on, but yes. Um, but like, I was kind of like you, like I, I knew a little bit about Bray Wyatt. Um, 
a little bit about NXT before he came into the main roster, but I didn't know too much. So when he actually made his debut in the main roster, I thought this was like super creative. I was like, whoa, okay, this is like a very, this is different, you know what I mean? Like, there's certain characters out there that I grab, gravitate towards because they're different. So like when I was a younger wrestling fan, first starting out, I gravitated, gravitated to two characters, and that was The Undertaker and Mankind. Because they had like the dark, mysterious character to them. They're a little bit more edgy, a little bit more raw than some like these cookie yeah. cutter, you know. Of course, everybody liked Steve Austin, but you know, that's a given. That guy would just come out there drinking beers, whipping people's ass. But when it comes to like the creative characters, I always love like The Undertaker and Kane. You know, like the whole Ministry of... I'm probably like one of the only people that loved like the Ministry of Darkness era of Undertaker. What? I loved it, bro. That really? Was, like, yeah. It's fucking great. I love out there, that. Sacrifice. I, mean, I don't understand. He fucking sacrificed like, like, Nadian on live TV, cut his fucking wrist and yeah. shit. Oh, fucking wow, I, I am bro. shocked that anybody would not like... Like, why would you not like the Ministry of Darkness era There's of, a lot of people that don't. The Undertaker. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, that's fucking great. I mean, it's fucking yeah. fantastic. I don't understand, like, why you prefer, like, the purple glove Undertaker? I guess, yeah. Most over of. over that? I mean, that's yeah. badass. Like, the big, like, shoulder pads and, like, with yeah. the spikes on it and shit. That was great. Yeah. So, pretty wild but stuff. whatever. But, so, you know, Bray Wyatt, like, like I said, he was coming on the scene. And just the vignettes were just so creative and just so, like, different. So, I do, I do remember there was a lot of hype when they the Wyatt family actually debuted on um, WWF Raw. There was a lot yeah. of hype around them. And, I, like I said, I was semi-familiar with them because I, I think I was starting to watch NXT bef- right before they actually made it to the main roster. So, I was, like, semi-familiar with them. And I just remember the the at the time it was like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan being like the tag champions. Yeah. Um, but you know his whole first run, like you know he got to work with like Cena at that WrestleMania. Um, you know, obviously he, that was a big match for him, being like you know going from like Husky Harris barely doing anything to being working at Cena at one of the main events at WrestleMania. Of course, yeah. he should have won that match. It was kind of weird that he didn't. Um, you know, he had that great feud. With Daniel Bryan. I mean, pretty much Daniel Bryan was probably like his best opponent in the ring. Like match mm-hmm. quality wise, like in ring matches. Like cause that match with him and versus uh him and Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble was Bray Wyatt's best match, singles match. And then of course Yeah, what year was that? Do you remember? It was I think I'm pretty sure it was like 2014. Okay. It, yeah, because he did the I so at the end of 2013. They had that angle where, um, where where Brian joined the Wyatt family, and then they had that great moment on yeah, Raw okay. where like he he um, he broke away from the Wyatt family and he and he got Bray Wyatt in the cage. Apparently, he had a whole concussion during that too, which is crazy. Bray, uh, Brian Danielson right. did, and then they had the match at the Royal Rumble, which was a fucking fantastic match. And then a little bit mm-hmm. after that, that's when they had that whole Wyatt family versus the Shield series of matches. Yeah. Which were fucking fantastic matches too. Like that, that I remember watching those like live, and I was like, "Fuck, man, this is like some good shit." Like you know, like it was, uh, it was good. It was like, it was like, it was just different. Like you had these. It was there, there's always like this like turning period with the WWE. That's like you could see the new blood rising. You know, not to, not to see the WCW new blood stuff, but you could see like the right. new like crop of talent like really taking over. 
and uh so i just thought it was great and like it just with his personality and his character was just so unique you know like you didn't see a lot like you know like i was saying like you know around this time like a lot of the stuff was like semi cookie cutter you know in wwe you know you had punk running around he was good but you know you know we had like a you know john cena for all his flaws he is like a semi cookie cutter you know, but obviously he's great in his own way too. But, you know, we had just like a lot of like, we had like Alex Riley running around, you know what I mean? Like, it was good to see like these, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like these like different style, like characters, like, you know, Luke Harper, Eric Roman and Bray Wyatt, they look so much different than everybody. Like there's like these like random, like right. backwoods, you know, fucking scary monsters on screen and shit coming around, you know? Right, they didn't look like um, wrestlers. They didn't look yeah. at WWE wrestlers, and that was what was one of the things that's so great about them was that yeah. they they look like maybe they did like just come out of the swamp. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And and at the same time, like everything that Bray Wyatt said, Wyndham Rotunda, everything that he said was believable. Yeah, you very know what I mean, like you could believe premise. no matter what he said, he, you could believe it. And like even at the end, like one of the last promos he ever did was, and they showed it again on Raw, and you know, and and under a different context. But you know, he's like, you know, he's standing in the ring. And he's like, you know, when you when I was down, you brought me up. And he's like, he's like, I, he's like, thank you for ever, you know. He's like, for everything you've ever done for me, I want to thank you. Um, and, and it just sounds believable. Like, you know, he was, when he said that he was playing a character that we never got really, um, revealed that never got finalized. We never found out what what was going on with the, uh, the Bray Wyatt character once he came back from being the fiend. Um, but like, he's just so believable. And like when he's, when he's the cult leader and he's saying, you know, Bray Wyatt is forever, like all of that shit is it just it's just believable. Like anything he says sounds like the truth. Yeah. And, and like that's something that most wrestlers don't have, but something that you need to have to make it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's wrong with the business today is there's not a lot of people that are believable. You know, even like Seth Rollins is not really believable. He looks like he's playing a character. Stone Cold Steve Austin did not sound like he was playing a character. It sounded like anything that Steve Austin said sounded like something that Steve Austin would say if you ran into him in a bar on the street. And the same with The Rock. And Bray Wyatt had that quality. And like it just, it, it just sounds like whatever he's saying is the truth. And like that is a rare, rare quality in wrestling. Yeah. And it always has been. So one of my favorite Bray Wyatt uh, moments that I uh, actually a lot of people were, didn't like at the time, but I thought it was cool. Okay, which seems to be a uh, uh, something that uh, happens a lot with me. So it right. was, I believe it was at I could have got this date wrong, but it was the 2014 Hell in the Cell with Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose inside the cell, and during this time I was going through a lot of like medical issues. And this is yeah. like the first time I can actually go out in public or, you know, they didn't, rec- they didn't super recommend me coming out in public, but I was like, fuck, I want to go to the show anyway. Cause I wanted to, I just, it was, it was a bad, I was like the whole 2014 for me personally was just like a really bad year. Cause I was in and out of the hospital a lot. So I finally got to, I had like this dream of going to this pay-per-view 
and there, the whole getting there was always tough. And I had some person I was supposed to go with, and they were sick, and I couldn't find anybody to go with me. Eventually, one of these friends that didn't even like wrestling showed up. It was just like a whole mess. But, you know, I got to go there, and I got to enjoy the show. The show was okay. Uh, but what I remember from the show was the ending, where they had, and people always like didn't like this at the time, where it was the ending was, it was Bray Wyatt coming back after being gone from television for a while, and they had the hologram of him like kind of like showing up, and then he attacked Seth Rollins. Yeah. And he, he attacked Dean Ambrose for the ring, and that's why Seth Rollins won the match because of uh, Bray Wyatt, and we're starting that whole Bray Wyatt Dean Ambrose fruit feud. But I always thought that play, uh, that moment of him coming up was so cool because it was so creepy. It was like the smoke happened, like this little like, weird hologram stuff is happening, and this like very eerie music came out of nowhere. He just popped out of nowhere, but it gave him a huge reaction. He just fucking destroyed him. I remember being there live. I was like, fuck, this is fucking cool as shit. You know? And that right. whole like music always stuck in my head. And I liked it so much that I actually used some of that music from there and some of his quotes into like making my own like songs in that way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make my own songs. Right. Basically what I do is I put that intro to some songs that I kinda mixed together. So So that was one of my favorite moments from Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, the, f- the feud with Dean Ambrose is okay. I actually like some of their matches. Um, even though that one match that they had at the, the, the pay-per-view right after Hell in a Cell was was a little wild, where they had the whole TV screen. They're hitting each other with, like, little TV screen, and they blow up and stuff. Um, but, like, you know, like you were saying, like, after the uh, the Wyatt family kind of, like, disappeared, you know, obviously we added Braun Strowman in there. Uh, that that, yeah. that that pretty much ended to me is like when we had Undertaker and Kane reunite for the first time in years and they just killed the Wyatt family. They just destroyed them at that Survivor Series. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but, you know, we had that match between Wyatt and The Undertaker at WrestleMania where apparently, I believe it was, it was, some, it was either Undertaker or Wyatt who hurt their ankle during that match. So that's why some of it had to be like rewritten a little bit. But that was a weird WrestleMania for Wyatt because that was the WrestleMania where Undertaker came back from losing from Brock. So I remember that one being a little little strange, but still a really cool like moment being in there at WrestleMania with the Undertaker. And of course, you know we had the whole run with the Fiend, which was a very interesting like period. So I remember <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Allison, but I remember the first episode of that Raw where the, they did the Firefly Funhouse. And I had no yeah. idea what the fuck was going on. I remember, though, like, I was, like, half asleep watching Raw, and I woke up, like, during that segment, and I was watching, and I was like, what am I watching? This is some sort of, like, dreamland. And I just remember at the time, like, everybody was, like, shitting on it. I was like, oh, what the fuck are they doing with Bray Wyatt? This shit sucks, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when it starts to, like, sink in a little bit, everybody, that was, like, the hottest thing in the business was, like, his Firefly Funhouse segments. So I remember that being right. like a very like, and then of course that whole entrance that he had against Finn Balor, Finn Balor at SummerSlam, when he came out as the Fiend character for the first time, fighting Finn yeah. Balor at SummerSlam. I mean, fuck that was like a huge moment, you know. Oh, he always every time he debuted something new, Bray Wyatt did it always got over. So. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think the Fiend is the worst of his characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't why. mean it's bad, but I feel like it's the worst of the characters he did. Yeah. I feel like that cult leader character was just like gold. 
Yeah. Well, like, so, that was so good. Well, and I wanted to see really where the new character was going. Yeah. But. Well, so, you know, the cult leader character just had more levels to it because, you know, the, the problem with the cult, what happened was, you know, after the Wyatt family kind of like disbanded a little bit, like they wanted to take Luke Harper and kind of make him his own single star. And so they had him like, you know, they had Eric Eric for a little bit, Eric Rowan like kind of team over Bray, and then they had the old Eric Rowan, then they had the Braun Strowman, then they wanted to make Strowman his yeah. own star. And then like, you know, they had the whole thing with Randy Orton and betraying the Wyatt family, and they had that whole storyline. And then that's when yeah. you know Bray lost the belt and that's when he transitioned into the fiend. Uh, but you know the Wyatt family just had more layers. Like you could do more stuff with it because Bray the the thing with Bray was though, like has the the problem with the cult leader was he, he he lost a lot you know towards the end like he just kept like losing all the time and so the problem is that he went from losing all the time then he went to this fiend character and the fiend character was like some sort of like mega jason for he's super villain who couldn't even lose at all but the problem with right. pro wrestling is you got to do a balance because you can't just go in there has like this supernatural fiend character and just beat all your top stars you know what I mean? Yes. Right. So his matches were affected a lot by that, by the booking of the Fiend mm-hmm. character. Like, to me, I think the Fiend character should have been kind of like how Finn Balor's demon character is. We only see him, like, once in a while for, like, special matches. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they did it too much. Yeah. Just, like, which is kind of, like, the way they implied that it was going to be. Like you know, like, like he was like he was Finn Balor, not Finn Balor. <laughs> he was Bray Wyatt most of the time when he was doing the the uh, Firefly Funhouse, yeah, which is like the Pee Wee's Playhouse thing that he was doing, which is obviously what he was influenced by. And then you know, and then the Fiend was like this evil, terrible thing. Like it was like this other like personality, but we didn't know he. You know, it was just implied that it was this evil, evil thing that was out there, and like. Everything's cool as long as you're in the funhouse, but outside the funhouse, things can get really, really, really dangerous. Yeah. But it got really, really dangerous all the time. And, like, that was just, I just feel like they blew it in that aspect. Yeah. Because, you know, and then the problem is, too, like, a lot, like, just at the time of WWE, there's, like, a shit ton of changes going around. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, obviously the Hell in a Cell match that he had with Seth Rollins... You yeah. know, with the red light, with the red cage, with the fucking hammer, with the disqualification within the Hell in a Cell. I mean, it just pretty much yep. killed. It it, it 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 hurt Seth Rollins so much that he had to go to a heel. And it kind of like made it where like this is just getting kind of hokey. You know what I mean? And I never did really like the... Uh, I mean, it was semi-okay with the red light. Every time the Fiend would, would um, wrestle, he had that tent of red light on it, but... I could see yeah. why a lot of people didn't like it because it was it wasn't the best thing to start staring at the whole time. Like you're staring at the screen where there's like a red light and like these shadowy dark figures fighting in this red light. It's kind of it's just a little tough. It's not easy on your eyes, you know. Um, true, true, and and I just feel like the fiend was like really. What's the word I'm looking for? Really miss. He should have had his no, own really misguided the, or something. Maybe? Well, the problem with the fiend is it should have had its own like movie. You know what I mean? Like it should have been like a horror movie character or something like that. I think it more in that realm, right. it would have been a lot better than actual professional wrestling realm. 
But, you know, it did work for the time. I mean, it was a huge merch seller. I mean, he probably made millions of dollars off that mask or that gimmick. You know, and that mask, too, you know, yeah. in our world, it was made by Tom Savini, which is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? So true, true, right. And that was the connection. So, like, one of the guys mm-hmm. that worked for Tom Savini, um, you know, made that mask yeah like i don't think not tom savini um ray winston ray winston is that his name we'll probably have to edit this out um stan winston stan was yes yeah stan winston is who i'm thinking of so one of the guys that wore for stan winston like um made that mask and you know it it it's a brilliant mask it's just that wwe didn't really like let him build a character around it which i wish they had well i mean and then uh, you know then he got well i think the fiend did have a lot of characteristics that a lot of people liked it just the problem with the fiend character was it was really hard for them to book it because they wanted to make it like an unstoppable monster and then the next thing we know we gave him the belt he's this unstoppable monster and then we're going to probably going to have him fight Roman Reigns. And then Roman Reigns is going to be him at that WrestleMania. But then they're like, well, wait a minute. Let's just get Goldberg in there instead. And then they just had Goldberg beat the Fiend in like five minutes. And that pretty much killed the gimmick. Yeah, true. And then, and then well, they, Goldberg ruins everything, yeah. right? He's ruined everything he's ever touched. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there was a storyline, too, I want to bring up with the Fiend. It was the whole, you know, during the COVID era where we had The Fiend versus Bray Wyatt and it feels, and it feels like the storyline that lasts forever where we had fucking Bray Wyatt and we had like fucking Randy Orton like light The Fiend on fire. All right? Yes. And then he, he became the Burnt Fiend and they had that mm. Burnt Fiend, which is weird though because, you know, we had the Burnt Fiend face Randy Orton at WrestleMania and he just beat his ass in like two seconds. And then that pretty yep. much, from there, that pretty much destroyed. And then obviously he got fired after that. So um, it was just Which really weird. sucks because, yeah. you know, and especially now because, like, there's the Burt Fiend action figure that was made and produced after he got fired. Yeah. And then that's where we got the whole Alexa Bliss is on some sort of box-like structure. So I don't, <laughs> I don't hate that as much as you do or as probably yeah. some other people. Like, I really like the, the, the Alexa Bliss, yeah. Bray Wyatt thing. Well, the like, whole story I, about I like, them is good. I love... I love the idea of the beauty and the beast. Yeah. Right. I love the idea that she, that, you know, she's just this prissy, like kind of beautiful girl. Who's like somehow attached to this, like crazy monster. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of that. I wish they'd gone further with it. Um, but like, it's just astounding that Bray Wyatt is the guy that we would fire. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, COVID happens and we got to cut losses. And Bray Wyatt is the guy you pick. Yeah, because it was weird too because, you know, like he was like the perfect one to do all those cinematic matches. I mean, we had that cinematic match between him and John Cena at the Royal Rumble. I mean, at the uh, WrestleMania which is the Firefly Funhouse match, which is like probably one of the most trippiest matches in WWE history. They fucking... Yeah. You, you remember that shit? Oh, God, that match is fucking yes. crazy. And then and then we had that whole... I think... Then we had the whole feud with Braun Strowman, which was kind of weird. But we did have some uh, trippy matches with them, cinematic matches as well, too. 
So I think some of the speculation was like, you know, like the the heart issues he's he's he had, you know, that they, they yeah. known about that for a while. But it's weird though. Like I don't know why they would like you know. I don't think they would fire him over that, but it was just, I, I guess it was just like a bunch of. No, 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 no. That all had developed yeah. after he came back. I feel uh-huh. like that they fired him because he was just, I think that Bray Wyatt, Wendell Rotundo, Rotundo, Rotunda, sorry, was just like a guy who knew what he wanted. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy with a vision and I don't know that WWE loves that. Yeah, I don't know that Vince McMahon loves that. Well, that's true. They like, did give out those rumors, or it's all like, oh, you know, he's hard to work with. Yeah, it's um, hard to work with, meaning that he, this is what I want to do, and this is going to work, and everything I've else I've ever done is work. So listen to what I'm saying, as opposed to making me like Husky Harris. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like that's what they meant by hard to work with, and I understand that. I relate to that wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, sometimes people with the best ideas are considered hard to work with by people who have small ideas. Um, and I feel like, you know, WWE was full of small ideas at the time. Yeah. Um, now would have been a completely different time. Like if he wasn't sick, like if he didn't get COVID and have a heart issue, I have a feeling that Bray would have been back under Triple H and would have been a big fucking deal right now. Yeah, and because it sucks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think he would have grown to be a little bit more of that. I went well. It was weird though because they were. You could tell that they were kind of going back to the fiend character. You yeah. know what I mean. And I, I was kind of enjoying the, uh, like I think he was kind of doing like a Mick Foley thing, where you know how Mick Foley had like almost like four different personalities. He had like Mick Foley. Right. Yeah. He had Cactus Jack, Do Love, and Mankind. So I yeah. thought we were I, when I break came back and he was kind of just being himself. I thought, okay, we're kind of going to like the Mick Foley direction where this guy could be one week he could be the cult leader, one week he could be the fiend, one week he could be the Firefly Bray, one week he could just be Bray Wyatt. You know, one week he could be this guy hanging out with, you know, Uncle Howdy. You know what I mean? Just we could have all these characters just mix and mix and match. You know, and and he could just be whatever he, he could be whatever he wants whatever week. You know, so that's that's yeah. the direction I thought they were going in, and you know, unfortunately, we will never know. But um, you know, I just want to bring up yeah. some uh, some 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 things that uh, that inspired me from Bray Wyatt. So mm. one of the ones was his match with the Undertaker that I brought up earlier. I believe it was at WrestleMania 33. I believe it was, and yeah. he. During his promo, he was bringing up that he was the new face of fear. Okay? He kept yes. saying that during the whole yes. time. And I'm the new face of fear. The face of fear. Yes. And at the time, I remember hearing that. And then I also liked this team in WCW because I was watching old Nitros called The Faces of Fear. Faces of Fear. Exactly. And that is actually how I came up with my now defunct former podcast, The Faces of Fear podcast. Was by those two. Sadly defunct. Sadly yeah. defunct. Great show. There's some Great shit on show. YouTube. MSK yep. Sketch Comedy. Everybody check it out. Should um, watch the YouTubes. Yeah, watch the YouTubes on there. But that's how I came out. And even in my intro to the Faces of Fear, I had Bray Wyatt say that line, I'm the new face of fear. Or behold the new face of fear. So I remember that. And of course, you know, the t shirts, the gimmicks. I was all about the Bray Wyatt character. I had I had I had the let 
uh, Let Me In shirt with the little goat on it. I have that yeah, one. I've got the um, yeah. the the Destroy of Worlds one with that like the scarecrow on the front. Yes. Um, God, I love that. I got the I one where I got the one where he's holding up the lantern in his face. It actually says the new face yeah. of fear in the back. I got that one. I got I am fear, and I got the one where he has the world and he has the octopus taking over the world as well too. Oh, that's such a great shirt. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll take a picture of my shirt and put it on the uh, the Instagram. Yeah, um, good idea. But uh, I, I got I many. Love, Maybe I I'll take on mine. And I got the fiend. Yes. I got the fiend action figure. I still got that one. Man, like I slept on that. I, I really want to get. I need to buy all those. They're probably like crazy expensive now. But like, yeah. I want the burnt fiend and all the Bray Wyatt figures. One thing that was really um, inspirational to me personally, um, you know, as as, as a person was that he you know like i you know i've been in good shape and i've been in bad shape um kind of right now i'm in the middle you know i don't have that james klein chiseled physique i go to the gym every day chiseled out of you know chiseled out of stone playboy <laughs> right rick rude chiseled out of stone let's just say let's just say james bobby heenan, yeah bobby heenan would be salivating <laughs> over my body look at those exactly pieces. i don't i don't necessarily have that um, and one thing that was inspirational to me was that Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, he was not in, in the in perfect shape. He had a belly. He was a little bit fat, if you will, which is why, of course, they called him Husky Harris because, ha oh, ha, he's Husky, he's fat. Fuck you, fuck you, Vince. But anyway, um, you know, and, and he never, and he, he succeeded despite the fact that he wasn't in the best shape. Um, and I love that. Like that's inspirational for guys like me. Who controlling your weight is difficult, um, and I love that about Bray. Well, he did have big you arms. Know, I could relate. That's true. He did have big arms. He lost a lot of weights, but like I love, I could relate to that. I could relate to Mick Foley more so than I could relate to The Rock or Steve Austin or Rick Rude or you know the Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan or any of these guys who were in perfect shape. And um, I don't know. It's just. It, to well, me, you know, that was somebody who's like, oh, you know, what's also he, he made it. You know, what's also very um, interesting about the Bray Wyatt character is the cosplay of him. I mean, yes, I mean, you, I mean, fuck, I mean, you pretty much have like a, you know, you can be. It's not only as a pro wrestling icon. I mean, you can go to horror movie conventions and dress up yep. like the Fiend or Bray Wyatt. People know they'll know who you are. You know, like absolutely. You know, and obviously. His symbol is very popular as well, too. Very iconic symbol with the buzzards. Yep. So it just it's just it's just crazy. It's just super sad, you know what I mean? Because like, just a uh, anytime anybody like you know passes away young, it just it just it just horrible. And like you know, obviously a guy who 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 had like a big legacy, you know, coming out of it too. So it's just yeah, just just really rough. And then like you know, like a, a guy like I you know. You, you wanted to see what the your future was going to be like and everything and uh, it just it just some rough stuff over here but you know we got to cherish all the good memories that we have you know yeah, yeah i mean you're right you're you got to live with what you got left yeah so i mean that's all life is right like you you got to live until you die and you know you don't know if that's going to be tomorrow or what so but yeah, everybody, I uh, just wanted to take a quick moment on here on the Lights Out to celebrate one of our uh, favorite wrestlers of all time. A very inspirational wrestler 
for his generation. Um, I'm pretty sure his legacy will live on. Obviously, he'll live on through his kids. And, uh, you know, obviously, his, uh, the, the, the Y collection that you can find of Bray Wyatt tapes that I don't think, I think they're going to age very well. Like, I, he is one of those very unique wrestlers. And it just, it just, you know, it just, you got to look back on the great memories that he created throughout the, throughout his life. So, but do you have any uh, final things you want to say, Austin? I mean, not really other than, um, you know, just enjoy creators when you have them. Yeah. For sure, man. But everybody, this has been the Lights Out. Hope you all enjoyed this little little review of uh, Rendell Martino's career through uh, two fans over here. And uh, we will check you guys out here in the Lights Out next time.